Are you wired to create remarkable experiences? If so, you could be a destination heir. And if you're wondering what that means, it's all going to be revealed to you by Will Slickers, the founder of Amplified Audio and the co-founder and CHO at Recreation Rentals. We're going to be talking about the Destination Air Awards that will take place in Miami at the Book Direct show. And we're going to explore exactly what it means to be a Destination Air and how you can get there. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you. I remember when I first started this podcast that I talked every single episode about the weather. And dependent on where we were, whether we're in UK or I was away, maybe in Barcelona or, or Florence or down in the US or snowboarding, I had this fixation on the weather (laughs) and I've noticed that I'm beginning to creep this back in again as I start off every episode and I sit here at my desk and I can see out the window and see what it's doing. You know, sometimes I'm down in the basement, so I don't get to go out too much (laughs) during the day when I'm working at my desk. So it's just that look up and out of the window as I start to record and think, well, well, and today it's raining. And we've had a lot of rain going on. And as I record, in fact, uh, Hurricane Ian is bearing down on the Tampa area in Florida. So my thoughts are going out today to everybody who is preparing for this weather event to come. And I was messaging backwards and forwards with Sharon Mitchie this morning at Cottages and Castles of Sanibel. And and she was saying that uh, she was preparing for evacuation. So I have no idea what that is like. It's not something that we experience sort of in the middle of the country. You know, we, we just don't get this type of weather event. We have extreme weather, but nothing like something that's coming for, for days and days and you have to make preparations for it. And I'm just always mega impressed when I see property managers and hosts talking about those preparations that they put in place and how they deal with their guests and 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 their owners and the properties that they have under their care. So by the time you listen to this, Hurricane Ian will be well out of the way and I have no idea what the fallout will be. But I uh, hope everybody that was in the path of it has been able to recover or put steps in place for that recovery. Thoughts of everybody uh, are with you, obviously. So I will be in Florida. I will be in Miami uh, very, very shortly for the Book Direct show put on by Damien Sheridan and amply supported by Deborah Labi. And you know that if you've listened to the podcast, you'll listen to the episode that I've already done with Damien talking about Book Direct and all the things we can do to make this happen for us. And as part of the Book Direct show, the Destination Air Awards are going to be announced. 
And I followed this a couple of years ago, talking to Will Slickers when he first launched the Destination Air Awards. And we briefly talked at that time about what it meant. But now here we are two years on and I wanted to touch base with Will to see if anything's changed about, you know, their criteria for judging what a Destination Air actually is. And we'll be talking about Bob Garner from Casa del Fiecci in uh, in Italy, who won that 2020, I think it was the 2020 Destination Air Award, and talking about him as being a shining example of someone who meets and exceeds all the standards of a de- Destination Air. So if you are listening to this, on or around the date of publication, you're still able to go and nominate for the Destination Air Awards. And, uh, and I very much encourage you to think about that and and do so. So without further ado, let's move on over to my conversation with Will Slickers. So I am super happy to have with me once again, Will Slickers, the founder of Hospitality FM and Recreation Rentals, a small property management company. Will, you've you've been with us before a couple of years ago now, and I wanted to know what's happened in your short-term rental world in that time, because a lot has changed. And and of course, you know, another brief introduction to our audience would be great. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, do we have about a couple hours to deep dive in the last two years? Because I don't know if we, we have enough time for that. But yeah, so I'm Will Slickers. I started off with the hotel side of the hospitality industry. I was with Marriott when I first got into uh, hospitality and really loved my experience there. Shortly got introduced to working my way up into management, went to a boutique hotel management brand out in Seaside, Oregon where then my parents introduced me to short-term rentals. They had this apartment above their garage where they said, hey, we hate all of our long-term tenants. They suck. They don't pay rent on time. They tear the place up. We always have to replace stuff. But we just heard about this thing called Airbnb. Do you think you could help us? And from there, my hotelier hat kind of turned. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is just like like a one-room hotel. All we have to do is figure out the check-in thing. And I think we can just get a smart lock and use that to you know bypass the front desk and that was when i realized vacation rentals was this whole other industry of hospitality that i never actually knew or heard of and actually when i started talking about it more on my podcast all the hotelier people that were listening to the show were like oh vacation rentals are the devil and you know they're pretty much hating all of the conversations that's having around it but long story short started a vacation rental management company, and then uh, I quit my day job to do podcasting full-time with uh, my show, and then COVID hit. So what a great time to <laughs> lose a steady stream of income. But at the end of the day, I look back, and it's like I would have gotten laid off either way. So you know, it was a good, a good thing to happen. And after, you know, I think you and I first talked around that time before COVID, um, or even maybe during COVID, the beginning of COVID. I can't remember how long it's been, but from there, you know, just really kept putting my head down, kept creating the podcast content, um, growing the management company, which is not easy, uh, especially when everyone thinks they're going to make a million bucks the first year on Airbnb. And yeah, that's kind of like the first 
I guess recap and then <laughs> go into any any part you want from there. Yeah, because there's a couple of things to unwrap there. You know, first I want to really want to hear about the the uh, the hospitality FM, the podcast network, because mm. uh, you know, as I just love talking to people who do podcasts because <laughs> for a start you get the best audio. <laughs> And, yes. And secondly, you know, you know exactly where I'm coming from with any glitches that happen, and it it, it is you know talk to Amber Amber Hurdle who who will be speaking at the uh, Book Direct show. Um, she runs her podcast, and uh, that was a great episode too. Just because you know, just because talking to a podcaster yeah. and talking to Amber as well. But this is uh, this is really great. So tell us about the Hospitality FM, the, the podcasting network. How did that? You know what drove you to start that yes so i met some friends uh through the podcasting medium uh they all have podcasts in hospitality through food and beverage or hotels or you know whatever type of you know outlet through the industry and we just kept talking and talking and we're like man this is so cool that we get along and our audiences are so similar and we're learning a lot from each other based on the back end of like all the podcast stuff which we get to geek out all the time and so we thought about creating a network thinking, okay, how would this work with all of us being in London and in Australia and in the States? And then it just didn't work out. You know, things started opening up a little bit. So everyone's, you know, day jobs, management companies, whatever that was, started getting busier. So I kind of shelved it for a little bit. But at VRMA of 2021, I had a line of people (laughs) waiting to talk to me about podcasting, whether they were starting one, they had one, or they were a sponsor that wanted to be on my show. But I had a waiting list of sponsors. I couldn't take anymore. I was literally capped out to the point where I was like, if I put another sponsor on Slick Talk, I'll be oversaturated. It'll be like a infomercial for the whole you know hour long episode. And I didn't want to do that. So during those conversations, I realized, you know, there are podcast networks. I've never heard of like, you know, a specific one for hospitality. So I figured, well, let's just take the best parts of a hospitality or a, of a podcast network and bring it into hospitality.fm where we can help the podcasters improve their quality, improve their streamline of processes. You know, how do they actually price out their sponsorship based off of their numbers? And then I could take this waiting list of sponsors and get them to an audience that was uh, directly what they were looking for. Uh, And then we just took our little commission off the top. Our podcasters were making side income and the sponsors were happy because they're hitting the vacation rental operators, owners, investors, you name it, that they wanted to hit for their products and services. We launched with six shows and then we got to 30. Um, So we're at 30 podcasts in Hospitality FM, not just involving short-term rentals. Like we try to hit hotels and restaurants and coffee shops and travel in general. And we've created a platform now where you can go to the site and you can search up any topic and you'll find the content that's covering that, whether it's revenue management, operations, housekeeping, you name it. We tried to create a source that I would have loved when I was a young hotel manager trying to figure out what the best tools, resources, and tips and tricks were for my career. So I, that's kind of the highlight of Hospitality FM. I, I think that's amazing. You know, when I started back in 2014 or 2013, I think I did my first episode, I think it was just about the, the only one. There might have been an mm-hmm. Airbnb show just came out just around about the same time. 
but yes, it was your know, first to market, and now you yeah. say you got thirty in your network, and I and I know there's a bunch of others as well. You know, kudos to everybody who's out there. But it just shows that the power Seriously. of podcasting. You know, I I did a I did a presentation at a VRMA conference a few years ago about the just just the lack of podcasts about travel. You know, travel. Mm. There, there was so much potential in travel for local property managers to start up a podcast about their area and still haven't seen much take up of that. But, you know, I think I still think that that is that is such a great market, such a great niche for people to get into. A hundred percent. It's just the one thing that they, you know, as a property manager, how much you have to do to day to day. So the the work behind a podcast, we always kind of like tell people it's not something you can just grab your phone, record some audio and send it off anymore like maybe maybe like back when i first started i didn't have the best microphone i didn't have a mixer i literally just had like a cheap 20 dollar mic that i got from amazon plugged into my laptop that flew for that time being but as it progresses like there's a barrier to entry with quality right so i think people see that you know the amount of work that goes into a podcast and they go wow okay maybe i shouldn't create a podcast because i don't know if i can keep doing that plus everything else and and I give the, my, you know, tip my hat to them because at the end of the day, we'd rather have people, you know, start a podcast and see it through rather than start it and fizzle out. So Yeah, I, I was taught yeah. by Cliff Ravenscraft, whose course I did way back in 2013. The first thing that he taught, you know, uh, the, the class of 2013 was you've got to get to seven episodes because mm. if you don't get to seven episodes, you'll never get beyond that. And once you get to seven, then you become consistent. However, however, you know, monthly, weekly, daily, whatever, you just got to maintain that consistency. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. You know, when you start out with loads of enthusiasm and then, uh, yes. Anyway, I, I could talk about podcasting all day. <laughs> as I'm sure you can as well. But let's just turn over to the real topic of, of this episode, which is the Destination Air awards which you're going to be presenting in miami at the book direct show on the 18th 19th of october so if you're listening to this much beyond publication date you probably missed it (laughs) but but you know listening to this and hearing about the destination awards is going to get people prepared for next year as well so Tell us about the Destination Aware Air Awards. We did talk about this in the last time, which was, in fact, I think, believe it was January 2020, before well, before the proverbial before hit the sh- hit hit the fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you did talk about what it was to be a Destination Air, but I've you know I've read in the blurb about it that you say a Destination Air is wired to create a remarkable experience. What does that actually mean? Can you, you know, is this nature versus nurture? Can, are you born with this wired or is it something that can be learned? See, this is a great question. I actually listened to a podcast called Born or Made. So this is like, (laughs) is a great uh, question because this is a, something that that host on that podcast asks every guest at the end, are you born or made for entrepreneurship or whatever it is that their specific topic or category was? And the, the hard part about Destination Air, I think, they are wired, and so that means that they're born. But I think it takes a while for people to discover that they're actually wired this way. I didn't know what hospitality was until I got into hotels. I didn't know that was a career mm-hmm. I could jump into. 
Yet my whole life, I have was always the biggest social butterfly. I was always there to serve people, whether I was at summer camp in, in middle school and I had no clicks. I would never be with one group. It was everybody was my friend and I just loved people. And then going through high school, the same thing, not knowing what I wanted to do. Did I want to be a firefighter? Did I want to be a police officer? Did I want to be a counselor? Like I could never figure it out. And then I get exposed to hospitality and it was like, oh, this is what I was actually intended to do. I just never knew that there was a name for it. Just like I didn't know there was a name for a business owner that creates their own business as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I never knew what an entrepreneur was until someone that was actually a really big impact in my life said, well, you're an entrepreneur. You created a show for a company. This was like before I got into hotels, but it's like you created a show for an event company out of nothing. And you have like this natural ability to build a business and no idea what that was. I thought, you know, these big, tall skyscrapers, you know, guys, we drive by every day. We're just there. Amazon never knew about Jeff Bezos creating this, you know, big global trillion dollar company. But here we are. So I think destination heirs are born this way. It just sometimes can take a while to discover that they are wired to create remarkable experiences that they should be in hospitality, whether it's through short term rentals or through hotels or through restaurants. They just need to. I think be exposed to the industry and let that natural ability of taking care of people really run wild. So can you describe the standards then that, uh, that define a true destination air? Yes. So we look at a destination air as someone who's heavily impacting the community, whether it's a local community or the industry as a whole. So someone who's not just involved with the five feet or five blocks around them, but an industry, they, participate in their you know associations or they jump on webinars to help educate new hosts or property managers like they get involved into a certain aspect of community and industry book direct obviously is important that's why damien sheridan and i wanted to do this venture together because i think building a brand off of the ota is super important whether it's airbnb verbo booking you 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 name it building that you know has a huge impact and as you know I think uh, is underestimated in our industry right now. Hotels are very well known for their brands. Vacation rentals, everyone knows them as an Airbnb. So if you can have a big impact in your community and in the industry while building a, a good brand uh, with direct bookings, you know that could be anywhere from email bookings to phone calls to texts to your website directly. Um, those all count in building a solid brand. And then from there, we look at regulation and kind of responsibility, right? There's a big responsibility for us operating in neighborhoods and in communities. So not only are you involved in the community, but you're operating politely and according to regulation and law. So those are all really important things. And then outside of those three, uh, we look at you know reviews online. So we do look at the OTAs. What are your property reviews looking like? Does your, you know social media channels uh, through Instagram or Facebook have a presence um, or whatever other platform you can really think of. So yeah, there's a couple criteria pieces, but we really look on the deeper level into the aspect of community industry. And then of course, regulation and, and responsibility, but then like culture, there's a lot of stuff that can goes into like operating a team and how you handle guest experience through uh, difficulty plus the good times when, you know, when guests are happy and when they're not happy. So there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. How you handle things in times of issues, I suppose you could call it. 
the, yeah. the people who handled the last two years because we've all yeah. had to, had just amazing things to handle. You know, I look back and the fact that we got shut down in 2020 and 2021 for six months in both years, yeah. just uh, I, I'm not sure how we how we got through that. Maybe it was precipitous precipitous to be selling the business. Actually, <laughs> can't do this again. Um, you it, it it says that uh, Destination Air knows how to tell a story. What does that mean? All right. So you're ready for a good example? Sure. This is actually where the definition of a destination air came from. Uh, when I was out in the Oregon coast, I worked for a company and for a, a man in particular who was a CEO and a co-founder of this hospitality group. And he and I were talking about you know, hospitality in general. And that's when he said, Will, you and I are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And I was like, well, that's one, really deep. And so I've never let that go. I always kind of held on to that piece. Um, but then looking at what, you know, what he built, he had not only two hotels, a restaurant, a brewery, but they all tied into a really good story for the staff to tell and share with the guests. And this is why I kind of use it as an example, because let's say, okay, so the hotel that I worked at, the brewery was called Public Coast Brewery. And this is out in Cannon Beach. So if any of your listeners are listening, Cannon Beach, Oregon is amazing, great destination to check out. And there's a lot of good vacation rentals out there too. But Public Coast Brewery is named because the whole Oregon coast is public. There is not one piece of land that is owned by an individual owner. It all belongs to the state. 362 miles, and the only reason why I remember this is because of the story he was able to tell behind the name. So when guests or travelers or even just customers at the restaurant or brewery would come in, they would ask, you know, what's a good place to do or a good place to go eat, good place to go stay, um, fun stuff to do on the beach. They would tell the story of like there's 362 miles of public coast. You have this ability to grab a growler, go have a fire on the beach, roast some marshmallows, have some hot dogs, play frisbee with the dog or the kids or whatever, and and to roam free basically. And so that story was always captivating enough for our listener or not for our listeners, sorry, for our guests that they would love to go not only just stay an extra day, they would actually go to our hotels, book a night grab a growler, get some food, and go to the beach and just have a blast. Whether they're there for a day or just a couple hours, um, that was usually the case. So the reason why I say telling a story is because every staff member was able to then tell this Mm -hmm. in in a captivating way that made the guests really feel like, oh, this is a really cool place to be. We're going to create some really good memories and kind of forget what they're doing or what's going on in their life back home. So that for me is why a destination air can tell a story. They can captivate that local area and really make it something that's super magical to their travelers. Something, something that we did in, in our company over the last five years or so was to create what we called a We've Stayed Here program. Mm. And we sent our staff out to stay in our properties. And you know the, the owners really enjoyed this because they they got to entertain the people that they they knew in the company staff absolutely loved it i mean the only thing that they had to do was to do a video and to do a blog post Uh, so they had to tell the story and it was quite amazing how those properties sold so well afterwards because there was a personal story that went with every one of them and you know 
we had a marketing, our marketing manager had, had a small child and she was able to say, you know, I stayed at this property and it was really family friendly and we did this and we went here and we did that. And it was just an amazing way of marketing through storytelling. And I, so I love this idea. Yeah, no, and see, you're, you're the definition of a destination heir because <laughs> that's exactly like that type of program, that type of creativity is what we really love to see. Like, I just, I can't forget moments like that where it's like, we've stayed here program. Like, I'll probably never forget that now. <laughs> I'll never forget public coasts. I'll never forget these, these captivating ways that brands are able to incorporate that community aspect behind it and not just a home on a screen, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, or an Airbnb, as a lot of guests uh, call it, like I'm staying at an Airbnb. We even catch our owners doing it catch some of our podcasters doing it in our network saying, Hey, you know, we have this Airbnb and so-and-so place. I'm like, Hey, knock it off. Like, <laughs> come on, We're, they got to remember, like you're telling a story. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of importance behind the storytelling piece. Yeah. I think Louise Brace is one that stands well behind the whole storytelling aspects. And I'll put it, I'll put a link to Louise because she's, uh, she, she, she does some amazing stuff. Um, Neely Khan is another one the, you know, the, the, there are, there are so many people out there. If you can't tell the story yourself, you can go out and f- <laughs> give the information to somebody else who can, who can craft that story for you. So I'll, I'll put, I'll put their contacts onto the show notes because I think it, you know, you're, you're firing me up about the whole telling a story thing. Um, Bob Garner, of course, is a shining example of this. He was a Destination Air Award winner. Was that yes. 2020? That was 2020 when we first kicked off. And shout out to uh, Luis and Neely because they both wrote articles during that time as well about the Destination Air Awards, which captivated it way better than I could probably ever <laughs> share, whether it was a podcast or in written form. They've, they are amazing at what they do. So, yeah, Bob, Robin Cragen from Moving Mountains, and Jessica Hinton with Barefoot Vacation Rentals out in California. All three were the the top winners for last or the 2020 um, award. Amazing people, set a great example. And the fun thing about them is that they never nominated themselves. They were nominated <laughs> by their peers. So that's another thing that was always standing out is when people nominate themselves versus when they nominate a colleague or a coworker. So so. Just give us some examples of what the three of them did to attain those standards. Yeah, I would say from Bob's standpoint, I just think the intimacy that him and his partner have at Casal del Fiki. I know, Casa del Fiki. (laughs) Yeah, Fiki, I think is what Bob, like he, he gave me a... He gave me a, a crash course on how to say it in 2020, but it's been a while since I've actually spoken it out loud. So they have a really, they've built a great, what I love about the whole Casa, sorry, Casa de Fiki, I think, and like in capturing their, their traveler, like their travelers really never have to leave. Like they have a garden mm-hmm. where they go pick the vegetables and they help, they, they create their dinner together. Like it's very intimate setting um, where they really get to know who's staying in their property. It's not just a check-in, check-out, have a great experience. It's a check-in, stay with us, eat with us, be with us, tell us your story. And they all come back year over year to and become really good friends. Like that in itself was just like, wow, that's super personal. That really captivated me. But if they ever did want to leave for the day, they had plenty of activities to go do. But they really never had to. Bob and I believe Ian, yeah. I could be wrong, you know, create such a great setting for their guests that 
I think creating a destination in a destination itself, right? They they may be there in Italy to go see the sights, but at the end of the day, Bob and Ian really took care of their guests so they could could have never left and had the best time ever. Um, so that was a big standout. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in there because I, I've I've interviewed Bob on on the show a while back, and I never forget. You know, I never forget the pizza nights. You know, they. Yeah, people yeah. could go and you know create their own pizzas, and then they did them all in an outdoor oven. It was just well, that's a story, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go there and experience that. And of course, the other, the other aspect of it is the is the giving back and yes. the, the the green aspects to the whole operation. I think is is amazing. So yeah, Bob definitely a, a very worthy winner of that award. A hundred percent. And I yeah the. My favorite part when I interviewed him afterwards was the who gives a crap toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I, such a great, like after getting exposed to that, I was like, yes, we're getting that for every property. Um, so really good stuff on what Bob is able to teach. And then um, moving on to Jessica. So Jessica, the reason why her nomination really stood out was because during COVID, this was obviously a really hard time for a lot of people. Um, she was not nominated. She didn't nominate herself. She was nominated by a couple of her teammates who uh, told the story of her and her daughters able that were able to really, you know, when everyone was locked down and quarantining, they were able to create these amazing dinner and wine baskets and deliver them and be safe and like kind of give that, you know, moment of joy that I don't think a lot of us really had in those first two weeks, three weeks of COVID where it was a little scary Everyone was kind of freaked out. We're trying to either get home or we're stuck or whatever it might have been. And her and her daughters just were able to hit up the local community, get the best wineries, get the best food and cheese and all these like platters put together and in a safe manner and deliver them to all of their properties and just say, hey, we're thinking of you. We're here to help if you need anything. And that was just really cool. I think that just that that special moment where a lot of people, I think, were frantic and kind of figuring out like, okay, what the hell are we going to do? They were just they just took action. And I think that in itself was was a really, you know, heartwarming and touching story where Jessica after and then after getting to see, you know, Jessica met also all the standards of, you know, online booking direct, good brand, social medias, like she really went above and beyond and she incorporated her family into it, which was so cool to see these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at the time they were yeah, I could be wrong if she's listening to this. I'm sorry, Jessica. I have like eight and nine, nine-year-old daughter, eight-year-old daughter. And they were like running this whole business together, They're like helping the cleaners. They're doing all this stuff. And I'm just like, if I was exposed to that at nine years old, I would be in a completely different place. So uh, it's just super cool that she was able to do that. It was It was really touching. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And yes, we do all remember those early days of, of COVID, uh, particularly those yeah. of us who ever read The Stand by Stephen King. <laughs> I think we, we all went through those scenarios. Of, uh, you know, are we heading to Boulder yeah. or, or wherever? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a rough couple of weeks. But and then I, I, I would say for Robin Craig and for him, he is just a, a legend in the industry. I think you know him, you've gotten to talk to him. Him and Heather have built such an incredible brand with Moving Mountains. They really do care on heavily on the regulatory side, being professional, being involved on not just a local community level, but within legislation and mm-hmm. any type of changes. Especially Colorado right now is getting yeah. hit so hard. And Robin's really, you know, Robin and Heather are both really leading the charge and kind of stepping up for the industry in that aspect. 
And so through his nomination, it was a, a combination of every qualification for our destination there that really stood out. And it's funny because when he and I did our interview shortly after, he's like, you know, I never knew we were a destination there until we heard it. But then we look at our day to day and, you know, whether it's, you know, a little minor detail where like the door creaks and when the guests are out, you know, skiing, we go fix the creaking and they come back and it's completely gone. And it's something that like even guests don't even need to notice, but it's just those little attention to details to the property and planning it so smoothly, you know, while guests are out skiing or they're out on a wine tasting or brewery, you know, uh, tour, they're able to then just go in and, and kind of really put in that hotel like touch, right? When you go out for the day, your house, your room's all cleaned up and maybe there's a mint on the pillow, like like little stuff like that where Robin was kind of talking to me about it and it was just like, yeah, this is a great fit and he's, you know, they've been, been around for 20 years uh, or more um, and just really have set a great example for young entrepreneurs like myself who got into the industry to look up to and be like, okay, this is what we want our our company to to represent. We don't want to just be hosts on Airbnb. We want to be moving mountains for our guests in a lot of ways. So it was just a great example. I, I think for many who've been around in the in the business before Airbnb, I think a lot of us came in with that uh, that hospitality feeling that you know, w- w- was born of having to do stuff without technology, without automation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you had to pick up the phone and actually talk to people. And I think you do see that a lot with, with some of the, the property managers that have been around a long time and the operators that have been around a long time, that they've sort of brought forward this intense hospitality focus. And, and mm. you, you mentioned it, you know, the, the make a million on Airbnb without lifting a finger um, yeah. <laughs> which I know you just raised your eyebrows that, so, you know, that uh, every time we see nuts. that, um, yeah. you know, here's, here's another seminar on, on how to do this without lifting a finger. Yeah. Buy my $20,000 course and I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, that's always drives me up the wall. <laughs> so, so for this year's destination awards, have you, you know, what, what's, have you, have you got a lot of nominations? Are you still looking for nominations? Yeah, we're always looking for more. Uh, my goal is to find faces that are maybe not fully, you know, they, they aren't always there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have, of course, a lot of our, our friends have been nominated um, that you and I both know, which is always great to see because they're consistent, right? I think that consistency um, that they're being represented and, and, you know, nominated by their peers and colleagues is great. But we, I want to find new faces. Mm-hmm. I want to discover the next Robin Craig, and I want to discover the next Jessica, the next Bob. I think we're in such a unique time in the industry. So yeah, we're always looking for more nominations. We have gotten a ton. I will say if anyone's listening and you know you've been nominated or you know you've nominated one person, please do not double or triple or quadruple or a hundredth nominate those people. It does destroy my inbox, but uh, as I was going to say, if you know you nominated once or you've been nominated, that's more than enough. We, we appreciate it. And we've had a couple of people nominate one person or a couple of people, maybe 25 times and woke up to a lot of notifications when I was, so as you try to, <laughs> you know, try to clean up that a little bit. But, um, outside of that, we're, we're super excited for the seven, sorry, no, there's going to be eight slots. Uh, we do have one, uh, winner from not a winner, a default, um, that happened in 2020, We'll have eight people going on stage, grabbing their award, doing the pictures and, and all that stuff. And I'm super excited to meet them in person. The, the whole goal, we do want you to attend. So if you are nominating and you can get to Miami on the 18th and 19th, 
please, because we would love to give you this trophy in person and, and really, you know, show you off to everybody that's attending as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I can't do enough to promote this the book direct show. It's, I, I'm so glad it's come to the U S um, it's going to be unique. You know, there's no, no, a gazillion tracks where you, you're going to go somewhere yeah. and then really th- wish you'd been to another another educational session mm-hmm. it's just one track running all the way through i mean I'll, I'll do my little plug because i'm going to be there with jody Bourne, and we're talking about we've got a really fun session on on lead magnets we're even going to have a hot seat so somebody's going to get up and sit on a hot seat and we're going to work out the best lead magnets for your business so i if, love that you know if I you want to <laughs> you want to come along uh, I will. I will put all the details of the book direct show. I know it's in a couple. Of, it's only a couple of weeks away, but it's not too late. Definitely not too late to buy a ticket and to um, to join us all there. It's got a really great lineup. Matt Mando is going to be there. Amber Hurdle. If any of you went to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, Amber gave the uh, the opening keynote, and she was amazing. Amazing. She talked about the velvet machete which is, Ooh. yes, she may, she may not. This, that was the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, and this is a little bit, bit more mixed, but I'm, I'm sure you'll hear about it. Who else is going to be there, Will? I'm There's missing. quite a few people. I know Damien has been really hitting it hard with the presentation side uh, and the, the speaker. So I know like uh, David Krauss from Rent Responsibly will be there. Humphrey Bowles from Superhog. I know Steve Milo. There's, uh, I think Neely Connell will actually be there in person. So I'm excited to finally meet her and give her a big hug. If you're listening to this episode, Neely, I'm so pumped. Uh, <laughs> she's like a, a big sister or a sister in general to me. And yeah, there's just going to be an incredible amount of people, um, especially the operator side, like looking at the attendees list in general, not just the speaker side. Some big players in the local market. Uh, but then in the global arena that I'm really excited that are going to be there and they're going to be bringing value off stage as well through networking and just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fringe events that we'll be doing. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be an intimate group of people. And Damien and I went, we went to Miami to, to find the venue, right? The fi- find the perfect spot. It was a challenge, but I think this one definitely represents uh, a good, you know, theme of keeping it local, keeping it green and keeping it really intimate and close for all of us who are speaking, attending, uh, sponsoring, you name it. So it's going to be really good. Well, you know, as I said to you, I've nearly overstayed my welcome in the US as a, as a Canadian only allowed a certain amount of days in the US and I've, and I'm just about up to my, my maximum. I had a choice VRMA or the book direct show. And you know, that's why we love you, Heather. Why we love you. <laughs> um, Las Vegas or a nice intimate setting in Miami. Uh, there really was no, was no, no contest, but I, I just, it's the people I want to be amongst. Uh, and I like the idea. It's just, you know, it's a smaller intimate setting. You, that networking, which is so powerful, yeah. you know, it's great to have educational sessions, but most people will say, what did you like most about such and such a conference? I enjoyed the networking. I enjoyed meeting the people that I hear about are those big, those enormous things you just don't get to meet everybody. But at, at this, at this um, event, you know, you, whoever you want to talk to is going to be available to you. Yeah. And the cool part, like 
I think for for me it was after attending a lot of conferences this last year. You know the vendors. There's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of like it's hard. Like you feel like you're getting roped in, and you know intentionally in a good way. All of our vendors were on on board with this too. Was that you know they're on an upper level, so they're completely separate from the actual tracks happening down below, giving that I think better intimacy and kind of separation just from mm-hmm. you know the demo our product or try our our software to the actual. Hey, here's here's a hot seat with Heather. Uh, we're gonna give you a, a a great time to figure out the best lead magnet for your business. So I think that in itself was really important for us, just because we didn't want people to feel that pressure of sales, which is important. We understand like why you know without the sponsors we wouldn't be able to do this conference. So, um, but it was just great that everyone was on board with that mission as well to not oversaturate and and to overcrowd the actual attendee hall that would be happening down below. And we really just wanted to make that clear and through right out the gate. So um, if you're afraid of conferences due to the salesy aspect, we <laughs> promise that won't happen. <laughs> I went to an Anthony Robbins con- conference once years and years ago. Uh, Donald Trump was there actually. <laughs> oh, wow. And oh my God. And who's, who's the guy that did the, um, did the grills? Um, the, you know, the toaster grills. Mm. Uh, uh, George Foreman. George Foreman. He was there. Yeah, <laughs> and it was sales from beginning to end. You know, I I went to hear these people speak, and they stand on the stage, and it was like buy my stuff. I'm not actually uh. gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna teach you anything. I'm just gonna give you a couple of little nuggets, and then go buy my stuff. So I, you know, I, re- I for one really appreciate the thought behind not allowing any of that to to carry on. <laughs> Yeah, it's two days, so we got to make sure we make it count. I think that's the the important part. So, plus, you know how every conference is. There's going to be plenty of cocktails to go out throughout the evening. So, we wanted to make sure it was uh, it was not you weren't drinking because you were being sold to the whole time. You're drinking because <laughs> you're actually having a good time with your friends and networking, and not just trying to drown out the sales pitches you heard all day. Well, I for one can't wait. Uh, really looking forward to seeing you uh, you there in person. Will yes, um, and then right. sitting in on the Destination Air Awards, and you know we'll probably fight each other to get the winners onto the show, our, our respective shows afterwards. <laughs> hey, well, we'll have a podcasting booth. You're more than welcome to use it and uh, grab them right there and then and there. Get in in person. I'm. I may well do that. Yes, yes, that would be great. Yeah. I love the idea of a podcasting booth. Oh, me too. It's uh, it's gonna be cool. We have our own backdrop, and then we'll have our roadcasters, some sure microphones. Nice intimate setting, couches, loungewear. Super. So it'll be good. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> I will look can't forward wait. to seeing you there. And thank you so much for joining me, talking about the Destination Air Awards. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening and and you can think of somebody, whether it's yourself or whether it's somebody that you know that you think is deserving of, of this award, having heard about this and the standards, and you can go, I'll put a link to the site where you can go and, Take a look at those in more detail, but don't hesitate. Nominate. Amen. Do it. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> Thank you. See you soon. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much, Will Slickers. That was that was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. 
I'm super, super stoked <laughs> at going to the Book Direct show. Uh, I'm sure that that comes across loud and clear. I haven't gone to that many conferences this year. If you saw my newsletter a couple of weeks ago, I, I, it, was, it was about the FOMO that I was, I was going through, not being able to get to the Florida Vacation Rental Alliance conference, not going to Porto. Mind you, I don't think you could have done the same the two at the same time. I think they're on at the same time, but whatever, you know, generally not getting to as many conferences as all these other people who are popping up all over the place saying, here I am with this wonderful network of people and I haven't been there. And, and certainly selling the property management company has not taken me out of the business in any way, shape or form. I'm still fully involved. In fact, even more so because I don't have to worry about toilets backing up or a canoe leaking or something like that. I can, I can focus 100% on everything that I am doing to work towards my future in, in this industry. So with that said, you are going to be hearing more about the Vacation Rental Business School over the next few weeks. When we've launched the beta program, we will be reaching out to those of you who signed up for our waitlist. And it's not too late if you want to get in onto the beta, beta program. And what that means is that you will be able to join at a much reduced fee when I say join, you'll be able to buy in to the Vacation Rental Business School and all the courses that will be there. And it will be a reduced rate at the moment, but that will give you access forever. So whatever we produce within the Vacation Rental Business School over time, you will have access to it for that one fee. So thank you as ever for listening. I hope I've inspired some of you to buy a ticket to the Book Direct show and that I'll meet you in Miami in a couple of weeks' time. Otherwise, if you've got any questions, you can email me at heather at cottageblogger.com. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I possibly can. I'll be leaving for Alabama at the end of October. I will be out of touch for about three or four days as we travel down, um, as I like to give myself a little bit of downtime when we're on the road. Oh, by the way, I'm not driving. Somebody else drives. Anyhow, thanks again. And I'll be with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.